Hello and welcome everyone. Thanks for stopping by. You are watching Believe. We are a conscious media company. We're bringing you guys stories revolving around money and business, health and wellness, true success, our universe, and world news. You can check us out anytime, believe.love. That's our website on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash believe loves you. Um, find us on Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash believe loves you. Um, our Apple users, feel free to join us at believeitunes.com. And for our Android users, believeandroid.com. So I am Vanessa. Thanks so much for having me. We are going to talk today about a few different topics here. We're going to get into um, our first topic, money and business. And we're going to talk about green, eco-minded business ideas to invest in. Now, green entrepreneurs, they're gaining more and more popularity, right? Um, it's like every other day you're hearing something new about, you know, an eco-friendly company trying to make a difference. And I, and I think it's awesome. You know, if you're, if you happen to be interested in, you know, starting a business and you're always been interested or always been passionate about, um, saving our planet, then these kind of, these kinds of options are definitely ones for you. You're going to want to look into these things a lot more and I'm going to I'm going to help you guys out today. I'm going to give you guys just the top 5 green eco-minded ideas for business. Now these some of these as well I'm going to give you guys companies that are doing it so maybe you can look into those companies as well and see what it is that they're doing. Um, I got this information actually from Business News Daily. It's an article about um, eco-minded entrepreneurs. And so for the first thing that they would suggest or that they would always, you know, lead towards is green finance. Now, this is a term that's new to me. I mean, I, I haven't heard about it myself, but once we, once I explore this definition, it's possible to realize that, yeah, you have noticed this and you have heard about this. It focuses on supporting local community-level projects, particularly with an emphasis on sustainable, um, ecologically friendly agriculture. So it's typically concerned with providing educational opportunities, funding um, for artistic endeavors, and projects that support locally, local ecologically. So as opposed to more like conventional companies in the world of finance, green finance is um, it's preoccupied with the idea of social profit. While monetary profits remain, they do remain important, the real goal for uh, a green finance, if you're going to look into that type, of, um, that type of financing, it's to support beneficial projects that provide value to the local community and ecology. So when you're talking about green finance, it's not only about just the numbers, but it also, you know, it also reflects how we, how much we take care of this community, how much we take care of our locals, how much we take care of our planet. So green finance has so much more to do with just money and just finances and just, and just the, the things that we all understand and know when we're getting into finances, we're definitely talking about money. We're definitely talking about, you know, the numbers that we have to reach and, you know, so on and so forth. Maybe you want to look into green financing because it's a little more than that. Yes, money is always a big deal. Of course, it's going to be a big deal. We need it. We need it at this point in time, uh, you know, to survive. But we also need this planet to survive. So green finance, I think, is totally the way to go. Number two, it's eco-friendly retail. Now, a company that's doing this is EcoPlum. With every purchase, customers earn EcoChips. And what they are, they're redeemable for either rewards or donations to environmental causes. So every time that you put money towards, you know, buying a product with uh, from EcoPlum, maybe like a shirt or something, because I believe it's retail, then they're rewarding you that money that you just purchased. They're going to 
help you put that in towards, you know, another donation, put it towards a good cause, get rewards, you know, what other um, eco-friendly type rewards. So they make shopping fun and they also make, you know, saving our, our planet fun. There's another company actually, Eco Carmel. And this is a California-based uh, ho- home and garden store. It's a local hub for products, services, and ad- they advance on green living. So it's like a it's a store that people can come to, of course, and really dive into gardening and just being eco, eco-friendly and eco-optimistic and eco-everything all day. Super cool. And the owner of that company, Krista Reimer, she sells eco-friendly home products ranging from non-toxic paint to cutting boards. She has it all, made from sustainably grown wood. She also uses her knowledge of eco-friendly materials to help local businesses and homeowners find their way to incorporate renewable or recycled resources into their remodeling projects. So she not only has a place for you to go and find these resources, you know, sustainable grown wood, um, g- grown wood so that you can make, you know, cutting boards or, you know, um, the non-toxic paint, but she also uses her knowledge and she, she wants to give back. If, if you're someone that wants to, you know, start your own eco project and you want to build something from scratch, you happen to be in her area, she is in California, you could possibly reach out to her and she would love to help you as well. That's that's what I that's what I've read about her is that she loves to help with remodeling projects that also, you know, are focused on, you know, eco-mindedness. So number 3 would be sustainable construction materials. Now, some companies are now providing recycled materials for use in projects like infrastructure repair. Axion, it's a company that's it's railroads ties and pilings. They're made from recycled paper from consumer and industrial uses rather than non-sustainable materials like steel and concrete. They're working with major partners like Long Island Railroad to improve infrastructure safely and sustainably in the United States. Now, this one is very, very, very cool as well. I mean, we have an entire country now. We've used a lot of steel, a lot of concrete, a lot of non-sustainable materials to make a lot of what's in this country. So it's very interesting now that we're living in this time where we're kind of trying to like redo everything. Whenever, whenever, whenever anything kind of, you know, goes under or goes down or, you know, a building unfortunately collapse or if there's an issue with it, you know, I would love to see Axion and more companies, you know, eco-friendly companies jumping in there to hopefully make sure that these people are using sustainable materials, you know, using things that are not going to hurt our our country or I'm I'm sorry, our country, our planet, not going to hurt us in ways, you know, that maybe we possibly can't get back in ways that will really damage us in the long run. So, So I love that. I love looking into more companies that are going to not only provide, you know, just little things here and there like food and our diet, but on a grand scale, we need to change our infrastructure. We need to change the way that we've used resources in the past, you know, 1500 years or so. So that's also another one to consider if you're into construction. Definitely, definitely look into sustainable construction uh, materials. Number four would be organic catering. Like I said, a great way for eco-friendly, um, eco-friendly foods to share their passion for both food and the environment is to start an organic catering company. Uh, cater to local events and business luncheons with foods that are made from organic and locally grown ingredients and offer free-range meat along with vegan, gluten-free, and paleo meal options. You're, uh, you're, um, and you'll apply <clears throat> and you'll also appeal to nature lovers and health and wellness enthusiasts alike, of course. So 
having an organic catering company can definitely, definitely go a long way for you because as we know, people are constantly changing. It's more and more, it's happening more and more um, that people are changing their diet, changing their lifestyle and trying to be more mindful of what it is that they ingest. And if you already own a catering company, switch to organic, eco-friendly foods, or at least add that to your menu, right? Make sure that you can, um, you can accommodate everyone. That's definitely a way to think financially, to think like a business, to think, um, you know, getting every dollar, every single dollar, you know, for your buck, but um, also to help the community, to help us as human beings, to help our planet. Number five, and our, our final one here, it's eco-friendly beauty salons. Now, with more and more consumers, like I mentioned earlier, becoming aware of the foods that we're eating and what we're ingesting, we're also looking at the products that we're putting on our bodies and into our bodies and how they impact us and our environment. So it's no surprise that people are looking for natural alternatives to the regular everyday products that they've been using, you know, for years. Organic and vegan beauty products from soaps to shampoos like to makeup, and they're popping up everywhere. It's amazing. Um, and the company that I'd love to share with you guys today is Shea Moisture. Um, I actually personally use these products and I've used them for about, um, I want to say about six months to a year now. I, I love it. Although they're not a new company, they've actually been established in 1912. They've been around for quite some time, um, but they're gaining more and more popularity, of course, um, now that they've, it's become more, uh, I guess, socially acceptable for people to really, really get into about how, you know, all of our products are really organic and we really need to be mindful of what we're putting into our bodies and, and everything else. And they, they really have amazing natural options for men and women. They are, um, they range from everything, um, from skincare to hair care. Um, and none of their products contain mineral oil, DEA, petroleum, etc. The list goes on. Actually, every single one of their bottles, every single product that they make, they have a long list of all the things that you will just not find in any of their products. Um, and I would, I would definitely encourage you to check out their products. You know, go to shamorsha.com. They, they sell them at Walgreens, CVSs. They should be at your local Walmart as well or Target. You know, they're basically everywhere at this point. And they really focus on natural oils, herbs, and minerals. They make some of the best, best things. Off, and they're just so natural. They smell like a fruit. It's amazing. They use things like apple cider vinegar, tea tree oil, eucalyptus, um, chamomile. So I would totally, totally check out all of these different ways that you can turn your business into a eco-minded, eco-friendly, green business and work towards green finance, which is, of course, yes, putting all your finances in order and making profit, but also saving our planet. So moving on to our next topic here um, under health and wellness, we're going to discuss the benefits of yoga nidra. Now, Nidra, um, what it means is actual, it means sleep. It's a simple term for sleep, um, a Sanskrit word. But Nidra, it's a deep relaxation form of yoga, and it's a technique to awaken the connection between the body, mind, and the soul. So it's not much different from any other form of yoga, um, except that it has a little bit more of a deeper relaxation connected to it, and we'll get into that. As we know, yoga and meditation are becoming more and more popular. Um, but what we may not know are the multiple physical benefits that um, are also connected to yoga. So here are three, I think, um, more than enough, right? Uh, these three, these three um, tips right here are more than enough information for us you know, to really convince you 
to incorporate yoga nidra into your life. But I really want to explore um, more different different types of ways that we can really get into it, as well as what, as well as well as the huge benefits as to why you should be and why you should be incorporating this into your sleeping regimen. Um, so number one is that yoga nidra it reduces your stress. Now, if you're suffering from hypertension, hypo. Uh, thyroidism, or poor and just uncomfortable sleep. Deep relaxation exercises are known to reduce blood pressure, stress, and improve sleep. So that alone should tell you that you just need to be sleeping, you know, really, really focusing on your sleep. These All, all of these things are connected. So unlike exercise-based yoga, yoga nidra's health benefits are more closely akin to those of meditation practices and have been researched accordingly. Studies have shown that yoga nidra may help with insomnia, anxiety, depression, addiction, and chronic pain. So yeah, no good, no, yoga nidra is just another term for, for meditation. The stages of body scan and breath awareness that you do when you're doing yoga nidra alone can be practiced to calm the nervous system, and they're leading to less stress and better health. And the step by self, this step-by-step process, it's designed to relax your body and awaken the subconscious and the conscious mind. Jennifer uh, Riaz, she's a yoga teacher and trainer. She says that leading, it leads to inner healing of both physical and emotional tension. She calls it an antidote to modern life. And we are, this is a statement from her. She says that we are so stressed out, living our lives in the fight or flight mode, that we have lost the ability to switch out of it. And she's adding that when nervous systems are stuck in that mode, it leads to a variety of health problems, including digestive issues, tight muscles, vascular illnesses, and asthma. So that's the issue that that she points out, is that we are really, really used to this flight or fight mode. Our waking life, we are constantly between making these different decisions. We're constantly being thrown information in which we do have to make decisions about, and I understand the whole um, the, the use of the fight or flight aspect because we constantly have to decide whether we're going to fight for this, whether we're going to actually, you know, give our attention to it, you know, focus on it, or if we're just going to fly, if we're just going to remove ourselves from it, we're just not going to be bothered with it. So we're constantly, you know, it's kind of a constant battle between these two things and between our waking life. So when we go to sleep, or if when you go to sleep, you don't take that time to fully relax, fully release those tensions, release those questions and all of that anxiety that you might have built up throughout your day, then all you're doing is piling up those issues day by day. And that can lead to vascular illnesses, to tight, you know, tight, tense muscles, to asthma, to uh, many, 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 many issues that, you know, you, you might have to just correct later on with mindfulness meditation or even bigger surgeries or, you know, there might be other things involved. But I definitely agree with how yoga nidra totally can reduce stress. And if that's not a reason enough for you as to why you should incorporate yoga nidra into your, you know, regular life, your everyday life, um, which really, it really is um, just meditation. It's just a very deep, relaxing meditation where you focus on every muscle in your body. You do the, the full body scan where you bring awareness to the different parts in your body. And what that does, those body scans, is as you're sitting there, of course, you probably already take, took your breaths to really allow your body to relax and to, to remind your body to relax in that moment. 
after you've done that and you start focusing on each individual part of your body, what it is is that it's it's clearing up the nerve pathways. It's clearing up the passage between that part of your body and the brain. And I've personally felt, I've personally felt um, that that cleansing, that cleansing period when I've done my meditations at night and I focus on different parts of the body. I didn't even realize that I had tension in like my lower back or my neck or different parts of my body. Um, I didn't even realize it until I totally just relaxed myself and focused on it. So I understand that like doing that, 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 that body scan totally helps relax your body and gets you into the habit of relaxing your body. And the breathing exercises, it connects you um, to the moment and makes, you, it make, makes it very present. And you know, it doesn't allow your mind to wander. Your mind may still wander, but you'll find it a lot easier to get back after you do this many, many, many times. So that's our first reason is that it reduces stress. Uh, yoga Nidra, it's amazing. Number two, it brings joy to your life. The practice of Yoga Nidra has some pretty powerful psychological benefits as well. It can assist in healing psychological wounds and it can assist those dealing with depression and dependency. Armand Segredo says that the method is so inherently powerful it had been kept secret for over 4,000 years until the 1960s, right? Today, we have some great platforms for this information. There's actually a platform, iRest Yoga Nidra, and what iRest stands for, I-R-I, um, is the Integrative Restoration Institute. And what they do, they're committed to excellence in complementary and alternative medicine. They're collaborating with research partners and providing advanced training for healthcare professionals, yoga teachers, and individuals looking to facilitate their own personal growth. So researchers have shown that iRest Yoga Nidra effectively reduces PTSD, depression, anxiety, insomnia, chronic pain, and chemical dependency. It's pretty amazing. So, <clears throat> I would definitely, definitely want to look further into that myself. I know some people may be hesitant, but I know that these things, these things are all connected. Our happiness, our calmness, our sereneness, and all of that, it's connected with what goes on with our body and how we treat our body, what we put in our body, all of it. It's all very much connected. So I'm not at all surprised that just mindful meditation, yoga needs are just taking that 10 minutes, 30 minutes before you go to sleep to fully relax yourself. Um, could definitely help with insomnia, anxiety, chemical dependencies, like, like alcoholism. <clears throat> so now we're going to move on to the third and final benefit for Yoga Nidra, which is, to, um, which is that it connects you with yourself. I already said a moment ago that it, we're all connected. It's all connected. Every little thing that we do is connected to every other little thing that's done. And this just goes a little bit deeper. Yoga Nidra, it's also a way, of course, to connect you with your deeper inner spiritual self, your true self, if you will. It restores the body, the senses, and the mind to their natural functions. It's like a cleansing. Like I, like I said, how you, when you're doing the, the body scan, how you're actually cleansing um, or recharging that the nerves, the nerve system, the, the connection between that part of the body and the brain. And... That's what happens when, what also happens with this deep connection of Yoga Nidra. Regardless, your body is going to connect to your senses. It's going to connect to the mind and it's going to completely, you know, re, 
um, reprioritize, if you will, because we, we us as um, individuals, especially in this Western society, I feel like we're, we're, we're filled and we're thrown so many distractions throughout our day that it's difficult to really put things in perspective. By the end of the night, you may want to, you know, focus on a good night's sleep, but maybe you have, you know, that, that program that you were just watching in your mind. Maybe you have what you have to do tomorrow on your mind. It could be so many different things, but I like to say reprioritizing because not the natural function, it's gonna put you in the place where you honestly need to be, where you need to be to get the most benefits from now. Because our body, what, which is so difficult for us to understand, is that our minds, we can do a lot with our minds as, as far as we can be right here, but our mind may be thinking about something else, maybe somewhere else entirely, but our bodies live in the moment. <laughs> they live in the moment, our bodies. So if we take that time to attach our mind to our body, at least once or twice a day, just to remind your body like, yes, I, I'm aware that you're here, I'm aware that we're in this together, and just, Talk to your body, listen to your body, because your body will tell you what's going on. This actually reminds me um, of a conversation I was having with a really close friend of mine. He recently just got sick. He was very, very, very sick. Um, you know, horrible, whole cold and everything. And he was saying to me, Vanessa, you know, it's so funny because about a week ago, you know, I had a, I had a sore throat. I've had inflammation for about a week and I just didn't realize it until, you know, the whole cold came. And I was just telling him, well, man, that's just all part of mindfulness. You know what I mean? Like, I used to be that way, too. I used to not realize what was going on until it already happened. And I was just talking to him about how your body was trying to tell you that something was happening, you know, a week ago when you started to get inflammation in your throat. And it's possible that if you, you know, acknowledged that, that in that moment and, you know, was like, yes, okay, I'm getting, I have inflammation. I need to, you know, drink some tea. I need to do this. I need to do that. It's possible that you could have completely prevented that cold. But we have to listen to our bodies. We have to allow them to communicate with us. You can't just let every little thing that happens um, just be. So I think that that's, that's amazing. I think that that's also something that really, really, really shows in yoga needs. Right? You're connecting yourself to yourself and you're reminding yourself that we're in this together. It's all about oneness, wholeness, and tranquility and the well-being of our experience here on a universal level. So please look further into more yoga nidra um, benefits. I got this from Do You Yoga and Yoga International. Um, we're gonna move along here to our next and final topic, our universe. Our universe. Is time travel possible? Hmm, very interesting, I must say. Time travel, it's usually, of course, related to like fantasy novels, science fiction, and things that are like what ifs, like things that could just never happen. We all look at it as impossible, but it's actually been a plausible reality for decades. I know, maybe this is the first time you're hearing that, but it actually has been in the scientific world and when it comes to quantum physics and everything else, it's been a, a pretty much a, a huge reality. In 2014, a group of scientists from the University of Queensland, Australia, they simulated how time-traveling photons might behave. And they discovered that at the quantum level, the grandfather paradox, the phenomenon which makes time travel impossible can actually be resolved. Their research, titled Experimental Simulation of Closed Timelike Curves, you can find that it was published, um, it was the latest issue of Nature Communications. You can find that on nature.com. Their study, in that study, the researchers used photons or single particles of light to replicate quantum particles traveling back through time. 
Upon analyzing that, the particles' behavior, right? They were analyzing the particles' behavior. The scientists, they realized that something strange was happening. The properties of quantum particles are fuzzy or uncertain to start with. So this gives them enough wiggle room to avoid inconsistent time travel situations, explained co-author Professor Timothy Ralph. He said, our study proves and provides insight into where and how nature might behave differently from what our theories predict. And in their experiment, they made use of the closely related fictitious case where the photon travels through normal space-time and interacts with another photon that is stuck in a time-traveling loop through a wormhole, known as a closed time-like curve, a CTC. Now, simulating the behavior of that second photon, they were able to study the behavior of the first. And the results show that the consistent evaluation the evolution from the first to the second can be achieved when preparing the second photon in just the right way. That's pretty cool, honestly. The grandfather paradox says that should a time traveler go back in time, he would mistakenly prevent his grandparents from meeting, right? If, should he go back, he, would act, he could do that and therefore prevent his own birth from ever happening. But if we had never been born, then there was no way that he could have traveled back in time to begin with. That's the grandfather paradox. That's why it's just so difficult for us to wrap our heads around time travel because it almost doesn't really make sense. Albert Einstein's special and general relative theories had led physicists um, to believe that time travel could be possible. Special relativity says that space and time are aspects of the same thing, what we call the space-time continuum. It says that time can speed up or it can slow down relative to how fast you are going relative to something else. So general relativity claims that traveling backwards in time relies on a space-time path. Just needs to have a path, such as the CTC that returns to the starting point in space. Just needs to have an a, a point A and point B um, and that CCC, and then it comes at an earlier time. In 1991, it was predicted that quantum mechanics could bypass some of the paradoxes that Einstein's theory um, of relativity had established, with phantom <clears throat> particles acting nearly outside the domain of physics. Hmm. Not everyone does agree that time travel is possible, however. Stephen Hawking, for instance, he reveals in a BBC documentary that it simply just cannot happen. <laughs> he wants nothing to do with it, he doesn't think it can happen. Welcome to the world of quantum, of, um, quantum physics, I'm sorry, where pioneering physics, Neil Bohr once said, quantum mechanics hasn't profoundly shocked you. You haven't understood it yet. So, what do we think? Do we think that this is possible? Do we think that um, this can really, really work? Could it, could it be that we're looking at it the wrong way? It's quite possible. When I was looking into another article here, is time travel real? Is time travel, um, or is time an illusion? And how hypnosis weighs into this. It led me into this, this, this frame of mind that it's possible when we are talking about time travel and um, all of these amazing things, we're not looking at it from the, um, from the perspective that we should be. Um, if we perceive time travel, and when we envision it, we see physical, physically our bodies leaving 
and moving over into different ports and stuff like that, then it's possible that that can lead to doubt. And it's possible that it's like, yeah, people would say that's impossible. But if we consider time travel in less of a physical sense, and we're more open to transporting our actual self, right, the soul, the, the, inner, the inner spark through the metaphysical realm of hypnotherapy, then that is a whole different reality. And that is real. Um, it's real, and it can be that when we're talking about consciousness, consciousness doesn't have matter, right? It's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it's not matter. It's not a physical thing, not a tangible thing. Consciousness doesn't follow physical per, um, perspex. So it's all in our head, more specifically in our soul. There's this postulate that everything that we experience is put in our path to teach us something. We've all been taught that, we've all heard that, and I'm actually a firm believer of that. However, sometimes we don't remember an event because our mind is trying to protect us from that harm that it's already caused. I've also noticed this about myself, remembering memories in a different way as to possibly maybe make the experience a better one and maybe easier to go back and remember. But we do something called disassociation, which is a protective mechanism of the mind. And it helps, you know, the younger self cope with the having experiences of trauma, of those horrible experiences so that you can, you know, sometimes it's just better to repress them, for them to be forgotten than for you to constantly be reminded of them. That's what disassociation is. Now, these emotions and experiences, they can be resurfaced, right, and explored we can now dive into, and this isn't something new, you can do this right now. You yourself can be standing here physically, and like I've mentioned before in many other topics, you can be thinking about something else. You can be living in the past, just in your mind, just in that, in that little universe, in your, in your own little world. You know, dreams for instance, it's like a daydream. You can be sitting here, but you can literally see everything that's going on in you know another lifetime, maybe it's already happened, or maybe it's deja vu, or whatever it is. But that's that's what we're we're focusing on here. So they use this. They use these um, your emotions and your experiences. They usually use them to heal the patient, right? By assessing what happened, and through hypnotherapy, they try to figure out how to bring up these experiences and ba basically try to get an understanding of what these experiences are and see what they need to do next. Um, regarding these experiences. So in that sense, time travel is very real. It's a great therapeutic tool for working on core issues when done with a trained professional, of course. For the, for the curious, it offers an unparalleled look into your personal history and is truly an eye-opening experience to discover another place, a wrinkle in time, and another you. So I think, when I think about time travel, I do originally think about the physical the physical, actual transporting my body. <laughs> um, and wormholes, I think about wormholes and how, you know, these kinds of things have already been presumed as possible. Um, actually traveling to different dimensions is not too different from the concept of time traveling. Because we don't know what's going on in the dimensions, we don't know what the time is there. We know that we're probably traveling um, certain light speeds, which would be presumed that it's, you know, different times. <laughs> So I do associate it on a physical level, but I love that. I love that there's another way to look at it, and there's probably a more deeper way to look at it, which is that metaphysical, spiritual, more emotional, internal 
internal view. And that's something that we totally do deal with every single day. We definitely do travel to through time every day that we think of the past. So I would love for you to look furthermore into time traveling on a physical scale with the wormholes and let me know what you guys think as well as how you feel about hypnotherapy and diving into your past and looking at another version of yourself through your mind, just doing it sitting at home. And do you perceive that as time travel? Thanks for joining us here today at Believe. I am Vanessa. Look for us at youtube.com forward slash Believe Loves You as well as Believe.love. That's our wonderful website. Apple users, Believe iTunes.com and Android users, Believe Android.com. Thanks again for having us.